0: blog talk radio Having a good week. Hope y'all staying alive for both figuratively and literally. Uh throughout this COVID nineteen crisis we got going on. Um the curve is starting to flatten in some places. It's doing okay here in Ohio. But uh obviously when things get better and get back to normal. So um, hope that you are doing well. I hope you're hanging out, I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Speaking of which Thank you all for to The Clown. Oh, this is your boy, Scott Burks. I'm the creator, also, of the sports blog called The Clown Times. That's clown, spelled with K. You can find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you can find me on Facebook as well. Let's do a search. and Just go on the search window, whether you're on your smartphone, laptop, wherever you are. Just type in the in the search area, it's The Clown Times. Again, that's clown, spelled with K. You can find me there as well. We got a... Very quick show tonight because, you know, there's nothing going on. There's shit else to do. So we're going to pretty much cover the big news of the week, which is Christian McCaffrey's well deserved contract extension. Uh, we're going to talk about how that impacts other young running backs in the NFL, as well as going to just keep the debate the going that started. Uh, three weeks ago, when you know, since you know, there's no other live sports going on, we just talk, we just scroll by list, like the greatest of what area, the greatest of that area. So, with the uh, with the Last Dance documentary coming up with ESPN, that's coming Sunday night. It's going to talk about Jordan's Bulls, Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls last championship season, and that's igniting the goat debate once again. We're going to get into that, and I'll get my two cents. And here's a spoiler alert. I don't think Jordan's the greatest player of all time, and I don't think LeBron is the greatest player of all time. LeBron James is not the greatest NBA player of all time. So we'll, get, we'll go more into, into detail about that in a little bit, but help me break that down with my co-host. Y'all know him from the yard ER slash HBCU Sports, who writes about all things HBCU Sports as well as his contributions to heroesports.com. And his, his his show on Facebook Live every Tuesday night, um, Sleazy Radio, uh, with him and this crew. So, Wayne Nash is back in the saddle. What's going on, D? Scott,
1: what the deal?
0: Yo, 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 and yo. There's now, man. I've been. I don't know about you. I'm pining for real sports to come back on TV. Sporting events because. Now sports competition. <laughs> that was for the birds. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that, that shit was oh my birds, god. Man. Uh, <laughs> we need real sports fat, but I mean we can't rush it, but obviously because of the 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 pandemic that's more about it. I just want my sports. I'm just getting a little bit stir crazy, but I'll say this. I'm using the hell out of Disney Plus and Netflix. So there's a silver lining in that, but uh Outside of that, and spending time, of course, with the, with the wife and, and the and ten-year-old son, is always a good thing. And but still, always, always, I just, I just I want to be watching. I want to be watching the sports. And today is well, Jackie Robinson Day. Jackie Robinson Day. Yes, Robinson. it is. But today is Jackie Robinson Day.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, for big baseball fans like yourself and, and, and myself, you know, this is a huge day. You know, I was listening to uh, local radio when he was talking about Jackie Robinson Day and talking about his stats and everything. And if you don't know how dynamic of an athlete Jackie Robinson was, you need to go look it up. One of Mm. the stats that I was uh, unfamiliar with, you know, was the fact that he stole home 19 times. That is insane. Insane. And um, You know, my
0: mother was in the band when he stole home plate one of those times. Cause you know my mother wow. so was at so with but but uh, go ahead. Sorry about that. I had Mr. to say that. Oh no 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 that was I was
1: what I was going to say. That was just one of the things, that, and the fact that he batted like three forty six something like that one year, winning the batting title, and <laughs> the fact that he, he unfortunately yep. came into the league at the age of twenty eight. You know how how great his stats would have been had he been capable of coming in at an earlier age, and and, yeah. and the fact that he was a four letterman. Yeah. At UCLA, that is, is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. To be a Letterman in four collegiate Division One sports. sports, I don't care
0: what era. Yeah, Yeah. that's badass. That's badass. Yeah. Like, he was like football, basketball, baseball, obviously, I think track and field, too,
1: if yes. I'm not mistaken. Most definitely. So,
0: he was a badass. He and uh, Jim Thorpe, to me, are the two greatest athletes. Two of the greatest athletes who ever li- American athletes who ever lived. Um just oh, yeah. For that reason alone. And for those of you who don't know about Jim Thorpe, Google him. You will be Please. surprised. So that's all I got to say about that. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So but before, before we move before on, on, one more <laughs> thing. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I, was I was don't, say, I don't know what your one get... thing is. It might be the same thing as my thing. But go ahead. It might be with, with Jackie Robinson. The spirit of Jackie Robinson Day. There's another. I call him a brother, but but even but, but even though he 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 was he was Latino, there's another brother who actually broke some barriers in the major leagues, and that's one uh, Roberto Roberto uh, Clemente. And yes, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, is it going to be over? would it be overkill for me to suggest that they have a Roberto Clemente Day if they don't already have one because he did a lot for the Latino players as well, as far as the first Latino superstar in the uh-huh. major leagues. And the very first going to Pittsburgh where they weren't, where well, the city at the time wasn't but so welcoming to Latino, play, to Latino people, period. Yeah. alone to him. So, and it took them a while to warm up to him. So I, I'm, it's been talked, it's been braided about for, 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 for like at least, least two or three decades of honoring Roberto Clemente, but, I don't think that's overkill. Maybe it is, but I think it would be nice if they did something for Clemente as well, honor him as well. Well, one, I don't believe that it's overkill. Two, mm-hmm.
1: um, I don't know if the whole league recognizes it or uh, allows everyone to wear 21, but I know the Pittsburgh Pirates do it, for sure. Um, okay, good. And, 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 okay. And, and I guess that was my number three. My Well, I guess my number three is my number two is whether or not the entire league recognizes it and if everyone wears 21 the same way that everyone wears 42 to honor Jackie Robinson. But, yeah, it it wouldn't be overkill at all, not in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I think it would be great. I think it would be great because he – I don't know if he's the first Latino player. I don't know if he is or not, but he was the first influential superstar Latino player. And to do it in the well, I, I think I said Pittsburgh, and Midwestern city, even though it's in Pennsylvania. But I, for him to do it in that market, throughout his entire career, and then the backlash he took from the media at the time, mm-hmm. from the from the late 1950s when he played, number until his death in 1972, um, you know, when the media started to warm up to him, the, the later stages of his life, the last few years of his life, I, I think that would, I think that would be more apropos for Major League Baseball to get a hold of. I think uh, Mansfeld, the uh, commissioner, I think he's very for it, thinking. I think that – I would hope that he would consider something like like that and, uh, yeah, get the ball rolling because people people sleep on uh, Clemente and what he did for the game, what he did for Latino players and what he – like just what he did for the game in general because he was the superstar. And For mm-hmm. him to die the way he did when he was on his way to helping people in an earthquake in Nicaragua in that plane crash, you know, I, I think, I, I think, I think, I really hope that they, that they get around to honoring Major League Baseball gets around to honor him the way they do Jackie Robinson because to me those are two guys, two men of color who really had an impact on Major League Baseball's history and American history. To be honest with you, yes. So you could argue. Uh, 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 Robinson more than Clemente for obvious reasons. He was the first one to break the color barrier of Major League Baseball without Jackie Robinson and Roberto Clemente. I I don't think you can. Uh, Agreed. But if memory serves me correctly,
1: the first Latino player, I can't remember what his name is, um, started his career with the uh, Chicago White Sox, if memory serves me correctly, Um, a couple of years before Clemente came into the league. I can't remember what his name is, but if if my memory is right, he passed away recently within the past five years. So I I, oh, wow. I, I think I remembered hearing that thrown out recently um, um, during his passing. But, yeah, I, I have to check up on that one more time <clears throat> just to make sure. But I, I think mm-hmm. there was a guy or two in the league before Clemente.
0: Okay, got you. Yeah, I, got, I need to research that. Because, I, again, I didn't think Clementa was – I didn't know if he was the first. I didn't think he was, but still. we got to honor him some, or, somehow. But he's uh, still uh,
1: heavily influential. But before we move on real quick, I have to pay homage yeah. to the, the great Willie Brown who just passed away today, um,
0: yeah. a, a, a Hall yeah. of Famer, yeah. great
1: Packer, yeah. five-time mm-hmm. Pro Bowl player, five-time All-Pro, five-time. And he's the Booker T of, of, of football. Five-time uh, 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 pro football champion, two-time Super Bowl champion, and also Grambling mm-hmm. alum. Unfortunately, his passing yeah. was today.
0: There you go. He was eighty-three years old. I think. I mean, he, people don't consider that alone anymore. <laughs> but still, the point is, is he he lived a full life, in my opinion. And yes, one a great one. One of the great yeah. ones, indeed. I mean, I mean, yeah, Grambling, another proud football position uh, uh, there, but. Yeah, rest in peace. And oh, God.
1: To win, 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 win. And, and, and real quick, I have to say this. I have to say this real quick. Um, also, the passing of one Tavares Jackson over this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, died in a car That's accident. Bad. 36 years old, man. Um, One of my favorite HBCU quarterbacks of all time to make it into the NFL. Um, I felt as though he didn't get as much of a chance in the in the league, especially after his injury, even when he used to be a starter with the Minnesota Vikings, but he did win the Super Bowl right. championship um as a backup behind Russell Wilson. And he was actually the quarterback's coach over at Tennessee State this year was his first year as the QB's um right. QB's coach over in, in um Nashville. And unfortunately he passed away at the age of thirty six. So here that age man, just shakes my head man. It, yeah. that, that was, That's
0: now, that guy's young. And I hope Very young. he's a single car accident. So I'm, I'm hoping that it was alcohol wasn't involved. I'm hoping it wasn't involved being in yeah. a single car accident. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I, prayers to his family, of course. His teammates loved him in the pros. They called him. I mean, didn't hear a bad word about it. No. You know, not a bad word from people who play with him. Back to Brett Favre, when Brett Favre was quarterback in Minnesota uh, for the season. to that, obviously, Russell Wilson before or that he was a starter for the Vikings. But yeah, I hadn't heard any former teammate team there say a bad word about him.
1: He was Not he was
0: at all. He, was like, he was like apparently so rest in peace to him and the great Woody Brown. And so we since yeah. we're talking football, let's get right into it man. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Extension. four four years, sixty four million dollar extension which you know is, which which which, was, which will kick which will kick in after his uh, 2021 fifty option, so basically he's under contract the 24 this year, obviously, right? It's the second mm-hmm. last year in his contract before the 2021 fifty option, the following year. But yeah, man, four years, sixty-four million dollars. He's like these They say he's the highest-paid running back of all time. Yeah, this contract, and uh, I'll say this, man. I know people like tend to squirm, you know, because giving so much big it's, it's such big money to a running back because of you know what's going on with what what happened with Todd Gurley, which is still sad. I mean, the, Todd Gurley is not even 25, years, 26 years old, and some people consider him washed up. Had a stick a one-year deal with the Falcons, um, and uh, what's the name, Ezekiel uh, uh, Elliott? People think that he may be on the decline, even though it's too early to determine that. But let's check mm-hmm. out McCaffrey's rush, rushing stats, how it ranks amongst at least top current players. Six, he's eighth in carries, 623 carries, mm-hmm. uh, fifth in rushing yards, 2,920, and eighth in rushing touchdowns, 24. Of course, this is this, just this career numbers, obviously. Uh, receiving among running backs, he's the first in catches with 303. Yeah. 303 catches. Receptions for two twenty-five hundred twenty-three yards. He's sixty more than the second place. I'm a Camaro, by the way. So this gives you an idea of how 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 how, how great that is. And you know, uh, if you break down it by by year by year, three years, right? So it's like basically, obviously, it's, just, it's, it's um his rookie year, 2017. He didn't get to really play that much. He played. He started. He played in 16 games, started in 10 but had only 435 yards rushing, average under four yards to carry. But then the the following year and the year year after that, which was last season, he had 1,098 yards and 1,387 yards, respectively. Averaged five yards to carry and 4.9 yards to carry, respectively. Seven rushing touchdowns, 15 rushing touchdowns, respectively. His (laughs) longest rush from scrimmage was 59 yards, and 84 yards, which went for a touchdown, respectfully. Um, and in addition to his receiving, he caught hundreds. He caught well, even even his, his rookie year, he was he was pretty prolific. He caught 80 balls as a rookie. Mm-hmm. 80, 81 yards, five touchdowns. He's the longest being 37. At the following year, 107 receptions for 86 yards, eight hundred eight 867 yards rather, <laughs> and six touchdowns. Longs being thirty-eight. And last season, hundred and sixteen receptions. Thousand and five yards. Four touchdowns. Twenty five being the longest four touchdowns. He's the first guy to, to go over a thousand for both rushing and receiving since uh the great Marshall Falk, and I think was that was in nineteen eighty eight. Nineteen ninety eight rather. Um, and then before that it was Roger Craig. People, don't, mm-hmm. people tend to forget who Roger Craig is, man. We, you and I are guys of a certain age. We're both in our 40s. So we remember Roger Craig well. And yes. My brother, who's a 49er, and will definitely tell you about Roger Craig as well, even though he's younger than, than both of us. Um, but the point is that Roger Craig was that dude. So, again, Roger, to those of you out there who, who are too young to, to know these, these young people, um, these, these millennials, and such and younger after you Google um uh, uh Jim Thorpe not only Google but YouTube Roger Craig Holly. Yeah. You're
1: welcome.
0: So oh, yeah if you want a great Roger Craig was. Um but yeah. This dude I mean if you look at what Catherine says man, he's averaged over hundred receptions a season. If he goes five five more seasons at a similar at hundred reception clips that will put him at over 800 receptions for his career. 800 receptions for no running back. That's crazy. Insane. That's crazy. That's why I think it's well his contract. I think is well deserved. He's young. He's like what 23, 24. But 23. He's he, so productive. And this is last season, especially when it came when he was the last season. When he was the only dude that was weapon that was worth a damn on offense. And yeah. they still couldn't stop. It. So give me your thoughts on, on McCaffrey's contract and what you think of of a team giving sixty four million dollars to a running to a devouring running back position, even though the production will say otherwise. Will say, uh, will say otherwise. I'll say this.
1: Christian McCaffrey is the definition of uh what's the <clears throat> quote I, I use often. Prove me wrong. He is the definition mm-hmm. of prove me wrong. When, when, whenever I, I, I make a statement and listen, I, I, I may have, you know, some trepidation on whether or not it can be done or not, I always end it with prove me wrong. He is the definition mm-hmm. of that. Because when he came into the league, right. I didn't think that he would be capable of doing what he's doing. But I will say this, right. he, and, and this isn't a, it, it, to his detriment. It just happens to be what it is. Um, you can right. say that he was probably the best receiver on his team. You know, you had the argument either him or, or Greg Olson. Actually, I'll go ahead and say him over Olsen because, of course, Olson couldn't stay on the field for the past two seasons. And then, of course, McCaffrey's numbers bear that he was a better – well, I would say he was a more productive receiver on the team. So you put that into consideration with the fact that he can run the ball out the backfield. Dynamic, most definitely. He led the league last year in yards per attempt from scrimmage. So yes, right, sixteen million per for the next four. Yeah, he's worth it. And complain about it if you want. Yes, it is the most. Yes, it is the the, the richest contract for a running back of all time. But I guarantee you, if somebody plays out of their mind within the next two seasons, somebody's bypassing that sixteen. And that sixteen, is not going to be like chump change. But it's going to look like a deal, right. because if somebody balls out this year at the running back spot and forces the team to look 17, 18 million, it's going to look like hey, we got away with something, and they didn't have to necessarily compete with another team to attempt to throw a whole lot of money at him at the end of this upcoming year. So it was smart sure. on the Carolina Panthers' part to go ahead and get this deal wrapped up now rather than waiting at the end of the season, allowing this dude to be a free agent and walk and potentially have to get into a bidding war with other teams. Because, quite frankly, he is the Carolina Panthers now. Think about it. Luke Keekly. Okay. all he got. <laughs> Thomas That's Davis. all he got. Gone. Yeah. If you want to count Eric yeah. Reed gone. Uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 right. Sam Newton, gone. Uh, 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 what's the, the d lineman name? I can't think of his name right now. Um, McCoy. God. So they they got a lot of mainstays or, or they had a lot of mainstays of that team that, that were there over the past few years that are no longer within the organization. So, I mean, new head coach. So, yeah, he is now the face of that organization right now and needs to be paid as such. So, no, I don't think that 16 million was 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 too much at all. He, he, he's getting paid to be yeah. what he's going to be expected to be. Now, unfortunately, if he, if he doesn't play up to that contract, yeah, people are going to be like, ha uh, they overpaid. But if he continues right. to have the output that he's been given, it's going to be well worth it. And he's going to have another QB exactly. in there, just like those before him, and Cam Newton. And, and Kyle Allen and uh, I can't remember the other QB that was the backup there. Uh, Will Greer, those guys weren't necessarily deep ball guys. He's going to have another guy that's not a deep ball guy in Teddy Bridgewater, getting him the rock. Right. So he's going to have another opportunity if we had the season to start to uh, put up more numbers like he's been doing
0: recently. I think Teddy Bridgewater taking his lucky start today, keeping Christian McCaffrey in the fold, because oh yeah. We've seen how Bridgewater, how well he played with the Saints last season, plus the Drew Brees when he was hurt. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, think, I think I think Teddy Bridgewater's has always been underrated. He had a horrific knee injury at, at training camp when he was a Viking that cost him two seasons. Mm-hmm. I think he had a productive year. You know, so I think everything's still on the line for him, but uh, it helps Bridgewater that they have McCaffrey and tow. And you know, I I I I you know, while I still think Carolina's the least talented team, and the NFC tough now, thanks to Tom Brady going to Tampa and playing with those weapons on offense, um, you know, and of course with uh, Drew Brees and Matt Ryan are still in the division, um, I I I still think that you know that 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 McCaffrey's still going to going to be able to get us and have 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 some opportunities to get his numbers. And you know who knows, who knows. Um, so, <clears throat> on the, like at least underneath this new Matt Rule regime. Um, but yeah, I mean it's, it's I, I don't have any problem with the contract. I think it's well deserved. And you know what? I always. And now I'm gonna pat myself in the back for a minute because when during the draft, right before the draft of, of McCaffrey, when McCaffrey came left Stanford early, I told everyone. I think I told you. That McCaffrey worth a top five pick. I told everyone that. People wanted to downgrade him because they, 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 you heard the excuse that they thought he was too small to take a down yeah. in the NFL, even though Stanford, all did was run, was run in, in between the tackles yeah. and run for anybody else on a special team. But I told people this too, and Stephen A. Smith alluded to it. We all, I think, if we're being honest with ourselves, if McCaffrey was black, he would have been tried to top pick overall that, that season. Now, I, I don't have it in front of me. Who was the top pick in in, in in Chris McCaffrey's draft? I'm sure it was well deserved, but I think he would McCaffrey would have gotten a much a lot more love. I think if he was a few shades darker. I mean, that's just that's just, that's just me being real about it. And you know, I, it was unfortunate as hell because I thought he was the most talented player, um, in in, in that draft. I mean, he was the second running back taken. He went eighth overall, but he was the second running back taken after Leonard Fournette. For crying out loud, Leonard yeah. Fournette ball LSU, but to me, I said it then. I said it now, in retrospect, Fournette's a one-trip pony. he, wants, he doesn't. You catch the ball at the backfield. He doesn't do any no. of those things that McCaffrey did. He doesn't do special. He never returned punts and kickoffs like McCaffrey did in college. I mean, I just like I say, McCaffrey in the 2017 draft was to me the best overall player in that draft. He's bad than Miles. I mean, I, I would have taken him over Miles Garrett. I sure as hell would have taken him over Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, most I mean Salman Thomas and yeah. Uh he's and Salmon Thomas not even starting anymore. <laughs> That's how talented no, he is not front now. Yeah. But I mean there's no there's no shade that Solomon Thomas he's a good player too, but to have same friends that talented on the defensive line. Um, yes. but a uh, dude he was taken after McCaffrey was taken after not only for net, but a dude named Corey Davis out of western Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's a damn shame. That's that's a damn shame. I'll say this. Uh,
1: It's it's unfortunate because of where Corey plays. You know, he's had the likes of playing alongside um, Mariota and then, of course, um, uh, 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 Tannehill this past season. So he hasn't had great QBs to play alongside him. But, no. Sure. His numbers don't bear him. To, to be taken ahead of Christian McCaffrey, but it, it, I'm, I'm trying to right. remember who was Tennessee's running back at that time because I don't Doesn't think they necessarily needed Christian Doesn't McCaffrey at that.
0: <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. If you if you Christian McCaffrey was a Heisman finalist the year before, right? So uh-huh. and she still called out. His, his junior season, when he came after he came out, obviously after the senior season, but in a vacuum, if you line up Corey Davis, I can see Jamal Adams. I can see Jamal Adams. I'm not with that. I can kind of see Mike Williams out of Clemson, kind of, sort of, but mm-hmm. if in a vacuum, you have Corey Davis If you if you if you have in the room Corey Davis, Brandon Fournette, Richard Trubisky. Who are you taking? Who are you taking out of that group? And Christian McCaffrey. Who are you taking out of that group?
1: First. Oh, I'm, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey out of that.
0: Um, even in 2017, so I'm taking that's Christian hard. McCaffrey. Yeah. That's, 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 that's exactly. That's without that argument. Out, he's a top. I told. I, I almost screamed it. He was a top five pick at, at least. Yeah. At yeah. least. So Carolina, they got still at number eight. And God bless him. I mean, he's he's blossoming. He's, ball, he's balling out. So good for him. But I'll say this. You got to wonder what the running backs, other running backs around the league are, I um, think, but but before I even get to that, I mentioned him being a white running back, how that dinged him, I think, in the draft process. Um, this, man, you got to still look back on last this past season and think about how cool of a bizarre world, bizarre NFL world was. Man, I mean – not only you had a white running back who was dominating, dominant white mm-hmm. running back. You had, I think it was an MVP discussion for a while. You also had three, or four other court players who were MVP who were in the MVP conversation. The other four being
1: Black uh, be yes sir. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, um,
0: um, Dak Prescott was in the discussion for a while. Yeah, Sean Watson was in the discussion for a while. Uh-huh. Russell Wilson was a one for a while. Yes. As, and then uh, and uh, uh uh the Super Bowl the Super Bowl champion, um God, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh Patrick uh, uh, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And even though another one, the eventual one of Lamar Jackson just came the hell out of nowhere. So that last season, man, was a bizarre world NFL season and it was pretty damn cool to Four black quarterbacks yep. and a white running back dominating dominating the NFL. I love it. Yes. Love every moment of it. Love it. So again, I, I gotta throw that in there because I don't know who knows when we're gonna get some football back if it's gonna I don't, if it's done on time. So I mm-hmm. got to revel in as long as I can. But getting back to what I was <laughs> gonna say, that, that, uh, I had to say it because it was it was just so it was just so cool to see all that last year. I, it was just so cool. Um, See like see other word running backs we all know that other running backs are paying note, are paying attention to what's going on, right? To see oh, what yes. what Christian McCaffrey got. and this well deserved, well deserved contract. But what do you think is going through the minds of uh uh Gurley, who signed a one year deal with the fuckers I mentioned earlier. Um uh, mm-hmm. Mike it's his name, Gordon. Formerly the Chargers, who signed a one-year deal, with somebody else—I forget who—we signed a one-year deal with recently. Oh, of he signed a one-year deal with the, uh, the the Broncos, right? Which I I think I thought that was pretty sad and telling, but hopefully he balls out and gets a bigger payday. But what do you think's going to the mind of another young running back who came who came into the league right before uh, uh, McCaffrey and Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry signed. Uh, for those of you who've forgotten, a $10.2 million franchise tag. He signed it. He didn't really put up a fuss about it. So he's, he's, he's not necessarily a bet on himself, but he, he's, he's actually – well, I guess he is bet on himself. He, he signed that one-year uh, franchise tag guaranteed of $10.2 million. I think that even though it provided salary cap relief because it gave – I still say they inexplicably gave – Tannehill, the big contracts. Uh, but anyway, I won't be able to point. But I'm just saying, if you're Derek Derrick agent, if you're looking at what McCaffrey got, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? You know what? If I'm in all three of those guys, I'm looking at my chops right
1: now. Because mm-hmm. what you're looking for is an opportunity to go ahead and ball out this year, and hopefully you avoid injury in doing so, right? right? So you can go ahead and try to get this number or, or get those numbers in, in terms of 16 for four, right? The thing is, mm-hmm. and, and we've heard it because it's been thrown around so much. The, 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 the thought process or the theory is that running backs are disposable, but it's been shown right. with the likes of Ezekiel Elliott, with the likes of Christian McCaffrey and his current contract, $15, 16000000 a year, respectively. That if you can come out here and be productive, somebody's going to pay you that dough. Somebody's going to do it. Oh, I don't know if everybody's going to do it, but it's going to have to be a situation where they the 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 the, the particular team that wants you has the money, and it just happens to be in the case of Dallas and 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 Carolina, respectively. They just happen to have at that moment. The the money the cap space in order to sign them at that dough. Now if they those three guys and 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 Gordon, uh, uh Henry, and 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 Gurley, who's just fresh off a 13 million a year contract themselves, can come out and perform. Hopefully they get the same thing. If they don't, you know, it'd be kind of a head scratcher, especially if they post up uh uh, uh equivalent numbers. To what uh, I I don't think they'll put up the receiving numbers, but if they can put up the yard from scrimmage numbers close to what McCaffrey is doing, they will be worth it. So it's 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 going to be a wait and see game in terms of what happens throughout this season, if we have the season. And I I hate having to continuously reiterate that fact because God knows, man, uh, it is what it is. But yeah. It, it just it just I, it it kind of puts that notion to the side that running backs are um, uh, uh, expendable if you're in the right situation and you have the right
0: talent. Yeah, yeah, I I, I see what say. I, I'm. It's too bad because I think running backs more than have a place still in the league. I mean, you yeah. are the stars right now. Nico Elliott, um, mm-hmm. the avatar girl, he's, maybe he's just betraying him. But he, he was a stud before his knees came out on him. Yeah. Um, but I think Derek Henry's that next dude. I mean, he only led the league in rushing last year. Yeah, and touches, and touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. That is, he he rushed from 40 yards last year on 303 carries, which is a lot of carries. But he averaged over five yards a carry. And, hell, even over his career, he's averaging close to five yards per carry. He's averaging 4.8 yards per carry for his career. So, every since his years in the league, he's averaged four and a half his rookie year, 4.2, 4.9 in 2018, and 5.1 last year. As long as touchdown runs, by the way, 4.17, 75 yards per touchdown.
1: 2018,
0: mm-hmm. 99 yards. We see that we all saw on Thursday night football against the Jaguars, 99 yards yeah. for touchdown. Yeah. And last season, 75 yards. I think it came to get the Jaguars again, probably, four <laughs> touchdowns. So, just, well, poor, poor Jacksonville. So, basically, if you, if you if you take the last two years, last season he rushed for 16 touchdowns the year before they ran for 12. And also, 2018, I, re, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that he ran for over 1,000 yards, 1,059 yards. So, dude is not a bust. Dude is a stuff. And I don't care what you say. Anyone says brother, that brother's bigger than six foot three. He's listed at six foot three inches tall. I'm six foot. <laughs> brother, he's bigger, than, bigger than I am, and he's thicker than I am. Yeah, and, you know because like people who say that they met him or shook his hand, like Shannon Sharp and a few others who mentioned that, they say, "Oh, that brother's bigger than six foot three. <laughs> he's like <"That's> six <laughs> five. <laughs> he's a good 6'6" six, 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 maybe, but definitely a good six five. So he's, he's like he's like what Skip Bayless would call it, would say he's he's a moose that runs like a deer. So he's a big dude who can fly. And so I know that he doesn't really he's not known for receiving the catching the ball at the backfield. He has only 57 receptions for his career, 18 last season, and 15 the year before. But I think you got to give the man his money because to me, even though Christian McCaffrey may be a better overall. Over all around player, running in terms of running back and what he can do, than than Derrick Henry, but I would say that Derrick Henry is more viable to his team than Chris McCaffrey because let's be real, the Panthers suck. I mean, they, they don't have <laughs> much talent offensively, and they lost how many straight games last year to close the season? There's like a thousand of them after starting to here so Kings, well yes. before Cam got hurt. Yeah, before Cam got hurt. Um yes. defensively they couldn't stop me and you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? On offense they couldn't move the ball saying that like Chris McCaffrey not withstanding past me and you. Meanwhile, if you take Derrick Henry off of the Tennessee Titans, they're not a playoff team. Hell they don't even win six games. They don't. I mean the the fact of the matter is if it weren't for Derrick Henry they wouldn't have beaten the likes of Baltimore, and they definitely would have beaten would not have beaten new England they 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 no. them to victory in both those games so that's why I think their is going to get paid it's not going to be this it's not going obviously not gonna be this season because he signed his tender already franchise tender, mm-hmm. but he's going to they Tennessee will be foolish to not secure that brother long term, especially if it balls out again this coming season if we do have a season so I, I just think that Derek Henry is licking his to chops. To your point, and Melvin Gordon—that's name, not Mike Gordon. Melvin Gordon in Denver. I think if he balls out as well there, which he might have a chance to do because he he has Drew Locke as his quarterback now, which I thought he had a he had a pretty good rookie campaign, albeit like three like four three or four games, but he played yeah. pretty well for a rookie and I a the limit for that kid. So that has to, and plus. No, they're going to probably be looking to be run well first anyway, other than the Coach Vic uh, Fangio. So was, Gordon's going to get his going to, going to get his chance. He's going to get his chance. He's going to get his, get his, his opportunities. Um, so I think McCaskey's worth that much, which again he's deserving. He's more than deserving of it. I think those. I think Gordon and here especially Henry. If they ball, if he balls out if they ball next season, they're going to they, they they're going to cash in. They can't help with casting. The teams would be stupid not to help with casting. Let's do it that way. So,
1: yeah, I think. We playing a, playing
0: and, and 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 like I said before, that whole notion of
1: running backs <laughs> being, um, you know, d- d- disposable—it's not that. It's the fact that we don't have a, a, a plethora of three-down backs in this league. I mean, think about it. You, you probably have maybe, maybe ten. In terms of guys that you can rely on on all three downs, McCaffrey, right. Barkley, uh, Henry, uh, 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 God, see, it's bad that I'm zoning out already. Gordon, if he can stay yeah. healthy, maybe Le'Veon yeah. Bell, if he can get back on track. Um, God, where do we go after that? Yeah, help me out, man. Yeah. Where do we go after that? You know, I don't know <laughs> cause, cause, you see what I'm saying because I, I can't I can't think of a three down back in in, in Philly, I can't think of a three down back necessarily, in, in in Washington even though they do it with Adrian Peterson, but that's not necessarily the thing that they want to keep doing. Um, oh, uh, uh, uh Ingram in and in, in Baltimore maybe, um, Alvin Kamara, uh, I can't the, the dude in Tampa ain't one. Um. God, who else? Uh, Okay, Ezekiel Elliott. um, uh, The guy in Houston can't do it. The the guy in Kansas City ain't one. You see what I'm saying? So, it's not like it's a lot of three down backs out there. It just happens to be that there are more teams that have to do running back by committee, which makes them more so Mm -hmm. dispensable. Uh, 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 than before in the past. So, you know, and and these guys are out here potentially killing that notion that you can't have a feature back on your team anymore and and pay him the money that that he's deserving. So, like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens with those three guys, especially being that their contracts are up at the end of the
0: season. Exactly, so that should be both those guys again. Should they ball out again, they should get paid. Especially him. Yeah, if, Henry, if he doesn't get paid, then yeah, they're, they're, the tights is just stupid at that point. Um, we're gonna close the show. Given that again, I'm looking for some sports, some real life sports. Um, again, I mentioned earlier, bro. Since we have no NBA, no college, obviously no college basketball, no, no baseball. No nothing right now. No MLS soccer. No nothing. We have resorted to, like, listen, goatfish on Twitter, like, Barbershop goatfish on Twitter, like, who's the greatest in this, who's the goal in that sport, who's this, that, and the third. Can we just, with, with Jordan, with the Jordan like the documentary, uh, 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 The Last Dance coming up, on uh, this, this coming Sunday, on the Chicago Bulls last title run under Michael Jordan and, and, and the crew, mm-hmm. with this whole... NBA goat conversation is 90 once again. I'm just going to put a wrap into it because I don't think not only do I don't think Michael Jordan's a goat, I don't think LeBron's a goat. I don't think Kobe's a goat. I'll tell you who my goat goat is. I actually have two. Okay. Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They're my one A and one B to me because Kareem. Yes, he's seven for two, he seven. But she was C seven for two inches tall. But he he's a winner. He, he 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 won six MVP awards. Six. He won he won an NBA title with the with the Milwaukee Bucks with, with Oscar Robertson. Um, because uh, people tend to forget that he was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. That's where he started started his career. He played yeah. I think in another final when he lost to the Celtics. When he lost to the Celtics in seven. In, mid- in the 1974 Finals um, Uh uh-huh. But through this We won six MVPs in the 70s NBA MVPs in the 70s Before Magic came along Yeah, And he also had The most unstoppable shot In NBA history The skyhook, Nailed it to perfection Ground defense He's I think he's He's either all time scorer Or is he second to Carl Malone I think he's still the all time
1: leading scorer, yeah.
0: That's why I think, I think, I think, call him along a second. Oh, okay, got it. Um, You know, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, I mean, he, and plus, if you want to extrapolate that to the collegiate ranks and to the high school ranks, he was yeah. only lost a handful of games. Kareem only lost, right back when he was little offender, lost only two, maybe three, four games of his collegiate and high school. Yeah, And he won titles in the next level. And so and he obviously won five as an as an NBA player. So was I think no six. He won six as an NBA player. Six. Six, yeah. Um so you can't beat that. You can't beat that. I mean the what the he, how dominant he was in his prime in the NBA. Even in the Laker years. Uh with Magic. I mean he just couldn't step that Scott Hook, man. He couldn't step that Scott Hook. And of course Magic Johnson, I mean, hell. <laughs> what what can you say about him? I mean <laughs> he is he, he put, he Magic play all five positions at a high level. All five positions. And how do I know that? He did it in the NBA Finals. His rookie season, mm-hmm. like game six, game game six against the Sixers. <clears throat> excuse me, in the 1980 NBA Finals, when he when he plays a Kareem, started plays a Kareem, he started in center. He jumped center. He played center and played a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And scored 42 points, grabbed over 15 rebounds, and had over 10 assists. Yeah, as a rookie in the NBA Finals, playing out of position at center, started at center, and then Kareem switched because Kareem was hurt. And 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 as a result of that of, of that feat in Game Six, he was the first and only, only rookie to win MVP of the NBA Finals. The first and only rookie to do it. Magic Johnson's that dude. Six yeah. foot nine inch point guard. A point guard is not supposed to be six foot nine inches tall. And he's not supposed no. to play at a high level the way Magic did. No little yeah. passes. Make them dude look stupid on the fast breaks. With the face of Showtime, like the Showtime Lakers. There's not gonna be another six foot nine inch point guard to play at a ball at a high level like that, dishing not the fancy ass assists, and there'll never be another dominant big man like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, like Shaquille O'Neal came close. He came close, but like uh, like uh, like in the in the in the nineties and the early 2000s, oh, yeah. he came pretty damn close. But he wasn't Kareem. He was not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So and his prime was so long. And so it because he was just that good and that dominant. So, those are my two goals. But if I had to choose between those two guys, I'd pick Magic. Again, Magic being my 1A and Kareem being my 1B. Well, I'm
1: going to have to start the conversation off like this, right? Because whenever okay. this conversation right. comes up, and you know this has been a conversation that has been um, vallied, around, or vallied around for years. My mm-hmm. first question that I have to ask, whenever anyone brings this question up to me, is, what is the criteria in which we are yes. basing the best player NBA history on? Right. I right. have to ask that question, and as a matter of fact, I'm asking that question of you whenever we, we okay. whenever the discussion comes up. What is your in your criteria within with them when in having that discussion? Dominance. Okay. Dominance.
0: That's 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 my that's my very term dominance. Which is why I don't have Bill Russell near the top. I mean, yeah, he was he was he was a great player, but I mean how can I put that? I mean of course it was great, but he wasn't dominant. I mean Bill Russell was perhaps the greatest defensive player of all time. He's a great, definitely the greatest winner. He has 11 championships. He was the cause of 11 championships. He was the leader of 11 championships. But I don't think of him as the dominant. I don't think he was as dominant. I think Will Chamberlain was more dominant than he was. And they played in the same era. I think, he, I think Will was more dominant. But he didn't win like Bill Russell did. He didn't yeah. have that intangible that Russell had. But I, I'd like to factor my goats on dominance. Even though I don't think Jordan's the greatest with the GOAT, I think he's a very do- he's one of the most dominant. He's in my mm-hmm. top three or three or four. Um, I think LeBron from the sheer fact that if you take LeBron off of those Cleveland Cavaliers teams, with the one with the one that you with the with the, uh, like with the with the with the, uh, with the NBA finals winning Cleveland Cavaliers team, I'm just saying, Kyrie, for healthy Kyrie Irving and a healthy uh, 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 Kevin Love. If you take LeBron off of those teams, it's it's just straight duty. I mean, I mean, you know what happened like the, the year after LeBron left, that same Cavaliers squad, even with Kevin Love, it's duty. It's straight duty. So the fact that um, Dan Gilbert, the owner, basically fired uh, uh, um, Ty Lue. Yeah. And I thought that, that was a, he, Ty Lue got a wrong deal. I think he, I don't think he should have been fired. I mean, that's what to do to be expected. You have a guy that doesn't like LeBron James leaving your squad, of course going to be a drop-off. I mean, the, the fact that LeBron made the finals, eight straight seasons, eight straight seasons, okay, that's dominant. I know it was coming out of the Leafs conference. That's still dominant. You mm-hmm. gotta play the game. You gotta get there. You know what I'm saying? Even with those Heat teams, Miami Heat teams, with the Wayne, the Wayne was not on his prime when they started winning titles with LeBron. Because the Wayne, people forget, that the Wayne Wade was the best. We was the he was a dominant guy on the first Miami Heat of the Big Three Miami Heat team that went to the finals against the Mavericks. But you know. We even even that squad was Dwayne out of his prime. Chris Bosh was a damn good player himself, but he wasn't a superstar. If you, I mean, you take LeBron James off those teams, there may maybe a forty-five win team at best. Miami, forty-five, mm. maybe fifty, maybe fifty, maybe fifty. But then that going not going further than the Eastern Conference Finals, you know. in the Cleveland, like I mentioned earlier. Take them off those teams It's straight trash I mean you say well Cleveland has been in the past two years They've been trash
1: yeah. Trash
0: So I had to put LeBron up there as well Colby God, God rest his soul I mean he was an assassin he was dominant as well he, I mean I guess, I guess The last two years his last two titles He won by himself With Kyle with, with with And the crew yeah, but his first three was with that. was that. That, he, that was Shaq. His first three tiles was that was that, that was still Shaq. Without Shaq, it doesn't win those first three titles. I'm sorry. So, so that's what that, that's what caused me to ding Kobe a bit. I mean, again, Gowers is soul. Um, uh, I'm still I'm still numb from his past. I still can't believe he's no longer here. Um, so I, I just I just go on that man, the D word, down as much as I love Patrick Ewing as a Knicks fan, he wasn't but so dominant in his era. As much as I love Hakeem Olajuwon, he won those two titles. He was dominant, but not as dominant as Jordan, not as dominant as Pippen. Um, he was more dominant than Patrick Ewing. He put it in the finals, the first finals. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, I, that's where I, I base my goals on, dominant. In every sport, dominant. That's why I got... Um, Tom Brady, even though he lost two Super Bowls, he still, he not only did he win, still went six and lost, uh, no, uh, no, he lost three. No, so he won six and losing three. Dude played in the Super Bowl the past nine out of the last 19 years. That's almost a 50% clip. That's not supposed to happen in the NFL. No. That's dominant. That's dominant. That's great, dominance, even though my goal for a long time was Joe Montana because he won four, and like, uh, like, uh, like in the 80s when, when the 49ers was a dynasty in the 80s. But he wasn't as dominant as this guy, as Tom Brady. He's not dominant as Tom Brady. So, again, for Tom Brady to dominate two decades the way he did, again, nine Super Bowls and 50% clip, that's not supposed to happen in the, in, in the NFL. That's why I think he's my goat in the NFL, more so than Jim Brown. So and and uh, uh, Montana. So mm. that's that's what I think all my sports goats on. Dominant, straight dominant. And baseball, by the way, Barry very Barry Bonds is my goat in baseball. Again, Some mm. me a person was more dominant than he was. So, again, and 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 I, and I know that you was allegedly took PED, but it doesn't help you hit a ball. A baseball that's season, the that's my defense
1: with, with Barry Bonds as well. But, you know, a lot of people talk about how it's helped him with his strength in hitting the ball, but he was still a home run hitter before then. And, of course, it helped with his exactly. longevity. But still, I would say that he, he was, was on the, the Hall of Fame then. pass while he was even in Pittsburgh. So to, to rob yeah. him of that because of that, is, is mainly selfishness and, and and more so anger because of the fact that he bypassed St. Aaron. So it is what it is, but I don't even want to get into the the Barry Bonds conversation. But to well, your that's point, what, that's point. Th- I,
0: yeah.
1: oh, of course, of course. Um, but to your um, point in terms sorry. of the, the criteria and what makes a great or, or, or a player great in any sport. Is his mm-hmm. dominance right? I also have yeah. to take into consideration not just being dominant, but how dominant were you against dominant competition? Because see, sure. hey, you can be dominant against a bunch of scrubs. Case in point, right. I <laughs> saw before before we were doing the show today, I saw a a a a, a meme. It was a it was of Mike dunking on a player from like the mid-90 Atlanta Hawks. And there was right. a quote from Dominique Wilkins saying that, you know, they were warming up for a playoff game against the Bulls. Mike comes into the locker room, and Nick is like, what is Mike doing in here? Mike walks over to walk, to Randy Whitman. Randy Whitman. While Randy huh. Whitman laced up and, and, and tells him, "Lace him up tight, old boy. it's going to be a long night. And they, he puts up 61 against the Hawks that night, and people are, are, are yelling out, that's why he the GOAT, that's why he the GOAT. First and foremost, he's talking to the Randy Whitman, not even Walt Whitman, he's talking to Randy Whitman. <laughs> it's not even to say Walt Whitman right. would, would be a great baller either, but still he's talking to Randy Whitman, and he put up 61 points against the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately-Atlanta Hawks. dude? As, as much yeah, as people talk yeah. about how great Mike is and they, they, they try to run down his resume of who Mike has beaten, my question is, out of all the guys that you've named, right? Because mm-hmm. one of my favorites is someone posted up a picture of the 92 Dream Team and basically said that's who Mike has murdered throughout his entire career to win an <laughs> NBA championship, right? Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when, uh, when people say that, I say first and foremost, okay, he beat Magic Johnson head up in '91, but he also beat up a Magic Johnson led Lakers team that wasn't the Showtime the Lakers,
0: and, and he right. wasn't at his that's spot,
1: right. and 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 also. James Worthy wasn't at his prime. They had Elgin Campbell and a rookie flying D box. Yeah. It, yeah, It's not like he went out there be and beat the Showtime Lakers. No, he did not do that. He beat the Showtime Lakers. That's who he beat. <laughs> and then let's, let's 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 talk about that resume, okay? He he never faced a a a a a David Robinson team in the finals, well, of course, we didn't realize until later that David Rob. we knew David Robinson was great, but he wasn't on great Spurs teams until years after Mike retired. And also, the mm. one guy on that team that he never beat, the one Larry Bird from Frischlick, Indiana, he never beat Larry Bird in the playoffs, ever, mm. ever. That's true. And no one likes to talk about that. And no one likes to hear it when it's brought up. You know, that's, that's almost yeah. a – he beat Joe Lewis's ass in, in terms of Aki Mariana. Yeah. So, of course, shout out to Coming to America. But we're moving on. He's never beaten Larry Bird in the playoffs. And that's, like I said before, let's look at this murderous role, and I'm doing this in air quotes, of teams that he beat in the in the on the playoffs en route to winning NBA championships. The New York Knicks, how many NBA titles did they have during that time period with Pat Ewing in them squads? Zero. He beat Tulas exactly. Barkley in the in the Philadelphia seventy ers How many titles did they win during that time period? None. Pistons. He beat the Pistons the year after the Pistons won the title, which is, which is good, which is good, but that Pistons team was rather beat up than he faced. But he beat them nonetheless. Okay, cool. All right. So, from there, the Miami Heat, none. The Cleveland Cavaliers, none. The Atlanta Hawks, none. Orlando Magic, Washington Bullets, Charlotte Hornets, New Jersey Nets, Indiana Pacers, none, 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 and none. Same thing could be said mm. about the Portland Trailblazers, the Phoenix Suns, the Seattle Se- the Seattle Supersonics, and the Utah Jazz. And it wasn't because Mike kept them from winning titles, because where was Mike them two years he was retired? He was off playing baseball, and none of them teams won a title them two years, and they sure as hell ain't win no titles when Mike retired again in 98. None of them teams did. None. So, No. He beat good players. He beat Hall of Fame players, but not championship caliber players and didn't have to face any unlike the likes of a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, unlike the likes of a Magic Johnson, a Larry Bird, a a, 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 a Kobe Bryant, even a LeBron James and a Shaquille O'Neal and a Tim Duncan. All of those guys faced championship caliber opponents of all of the greats, and the one that they always throw up there in your face, Michael Jordan, he never beat, never beat a championship caliber opponent in his title run. Never. And the one I would have wished I would have seen him face, unfortunately it couldn't because they broke that team up and they would be set with injury by the time Mike got back and that was the one Houston Rockets team that went back-to-back. And, oh, yeah. before Mike retired, Hakeem Olajuwon and the Houston Rockets only lost one game in, in what, in, in eight attempts? I'm sorry, one game in six attempts in those three seasons from 91 to 93 before Mike retired the first time. So it's a high possibility that we would have had a very interesting NBA finals of those cut city Houston Rockets teams against those Bulls squads. And I would have loved to have seen it. But, unfortunately, we never
0: got it. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So, again, that's (laughs) – it's a trip, man. I mean, that's why I think Magic and Kareem are 1A and 1B. The, the, the competition they did against Bird in his prime, the Celtics in their prime, the Sixers in their prime. You know, to, like uh, uh, Dr. J and Moses Malone when they're both in their prime. Yeah. Um, you know, and people forget they had there were some great Milwaukee Bucks teams throughout that time period, with yes. led by Sidney Moncrief, Terry Cummings. Those are the great Milwaukee Bucks teams. People, I mean, I mean, forget these teams today. I mean, even though. The Greek freaks led Bucks a, a damn good team, but they were they're a damn good regular season team. These mm-hmm. the Bucks of the city, Moncrief, Terry Cummings days were, were both great regular and postseason teams. They just had there was just so many there was the Celtics stopped those Milwaukee teams in the early eighties. Those Bird led yeah. Celtics, they that's what stopped the and, and, and the Sixers too, and the in and the Philadelphia Southern sixers they stopped those they stopped the Bucks. But the Bucks were pretty damn good. The Hawks were pretty damn good too during that yeah. time. So know, Dominique and... Yeah. Dominique that, that was great before the Chicago was like right, right, right before Chicago. And, and 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 Dominique and and um Jordan, I think, came in around the same time. So they did I mean
1: Nick came in a year well,
0: later, I mean, yeah. What are we doing? I mean so 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 what are we doing? I mean, it's, it's, look. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pull a Skip Bayless and downgrade Jordan's accomplishments because we did it against in the East. I mean, but look at it this way: the East was mm-hmm. so you gotta give them that to the pretty damn stat but Patrick Ewing, Leb, Knicks, Le- Le- Reggie, Lu- Reggie Miller when he was in his prime, his Pacers. I mean, that's back when the, in the NBA could, that's back when you could play football in the NBA. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, seriously, those Eastern Conference games, they're like street ball games. They're like 85 to 81. Those would be his final scores. Um, so, even the Hawks, the Hawks were coming down off of their uh, greatness. Not greatness, but that was the tail end of the good Hawks, the consistently good Hawks teams. Because after they traded Dominique, they had Danny Manny for a couple of seasons. They were still good. And they also yeah. had um, Christian. I think they had both Christian later and, um, uh, 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 and and the Kimbey. So they did. Um, they did, So they were still a damn good team. Yes, yeah, just the thing. But man, this were good. But they weren't championship
1: yeah. caliber team, and it just looked like you know it was usual suspects when you looked at the Chicago Bulls and who they beat in the playoffs. It was always the Knicks. It was always. The the Heat, and it was always the Cleveland Cavaliers. You could sprinkle in the Atlanta Hawks. But the teams like the Atlanta Magic, the Bullets, the Hornets, the Nets, the Pacers, and and, and the Pistons, those are all teams. They only beat one time or faced only one time uh, 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 in their championship runs in the playoffs. And, once again, those are all good teams but not championship caliber teams. And, like I said before, I don't care – how many times you say they weren't championship-caliber teams because Mike kept them from doing it? There were times before 1991 when those teams were still together and still couldn't win titles back then. There was that time in 94, 95, where they didn't win titles then, and they didn't win titles after 98. So those are the same teams, and they still couldn't give me a chip. They just weren't championship-caliber squads. Sorry. I don't care how great they were. I don't care how many team teams they was on. I don't care how many Hall of Famers they are. I don't care how many All-Star games or pros. They ain't championship-caliber squads. And there's nothing you can do to convince me otherwise to say that Mike faced high-caliber squads. Because whenever he showed Mike in, in his highlights, yeah, he dunked on the Dikembe Matumbo. Matumbo always get dunked on. Yeah, he dunked on Pat Ewing. Pat Ewing always get dunked on. Yeah, he shoot that shot over Craig Elo. Yeah, he's dunking over Randy Whitman. So I, I, I get it when these young boys always point that stuff out. Because it's true. It's unfortunately true. And yes, Mike came in at a time fresh after showtime, fresh after the the, the gritty Boston Celtics of the eighties and and he took over and, and gave us the MBA, or, or was the, the face of an NBA that elevated the league globally? Yes, that was him. I can't take that away from him. But what I will question is his level of competition. I will do that. And the one argument, oddly enough, that I brought up five years ago, almost to the month, was the fact that hmm, Kobe Bryant faced harder competition than Michael Jordan. And I almost want to say that his five championships of Kobe Bryant is probably worth more than Jordan six because of who he had to beat in order to go through it, in order to get those titles. People don't like to hear that conversation either.
0: Mm. Mm. Speak it. Speak it. Hey, man, that was great. I want you to end strong on that. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I know
1: just, in trip, asking,
0: just in case anybody's asking, just in case anybody's asking, real quick, oddly enough, my
1: number one and number two are Kareem and Magic in that order, too. So, yes, we just sound like old men, bitter old men with those points. Until <laughs> you're thinking about horse, until you're thinking about horse real quick, I am so upset yeah. with Chris Paul for going out there wearing that support, black colleges hoodie, and losing. And then the other thing, too, real yeah, I quick, know. The, the disparity of the, the women, the WNBA players, and the, the the NBA players, their backyards. Oh, my God, the NBA players have courts in their backyards while the WNBA players are the playing driveways with, 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 with grass back there. Get them women some money, man. <laughs> but I digress, man. I'm, I'm done, man. I'm Stick done. It's sick on <laughs> it, man. Hey, we're going to holler next week to talk about
0: the draft. You feel? Know? You know, no doubt, no doubt. All right, man, take a light. Peace out, Peace. brothers. Peace
1: Peace.
0: All right, that's my guy, D. Nash, Dwayne Nash, bringing it in. Please check him out on the Yard, such Institute Sports, the rest of it, all things Institute Sports, as well as the Yard, as well as, please radio, excuse me, on Facebook Live every Tuesday night. And it's country, too, heroesports.com. They got opportunity to heroesports.com. Thank God for tuning in the podcast. This is a Clown Hour. This is Scott Berg. it off. Oh, six. hey. hey.